Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender at Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's it's Wednesday, April 20th. It's 420. It's 420. Apparently, that means something to some people. I don't know. I don't smoke pot, so I have no clue what the hell's going on. But feel free. Feel free to do so. I don't care. It's 420. Have some fun. Uh, but we'll be talking about uh, some Major League Baseball. Answering some questions in the YouTube chat. I see you guys in there. Mart's Mimic, Real Life Pitcher, Suki Singh, third today. Got to get up a little bit earlier. Uh, infamous talk, Doug Montgomery, Hog Lawrence, Eric Brunick. Good morning. Good morning. Give me those tummy thumbs. Thummy thumbs in the morning. Hit the thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Hit the button. Helps us out. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live on the channel. Last night's slate, yesterday's slate, uh, nothing happened. It, it just it just felt it just felt like, is there any team on the slate that's going to put up like runs? Are they going to be home runs? Are they going to be? I mean, how many how many home runs were there yesterday? There weren't many. I mean, let, let's see. I mean, I let's see MLB schedule. Can we can we see that from yesterday? Like how many home runs were yesterday? Like there weren't much. I mean, I could just go through from what I okay, not obviously not in the games that weren't on the slate. So uh like and of course the Nationals double well, the Nationals Diamondbacks, nothing happened anyway. Red Sox, Blue Jays, what did, did anyone? Oh, Zach Collins hit a home run. Okay, so there's one. Brewers Pirates. Uh, did anyone hit a home run? Who, who for the oh Tellers? Didn't Tellers hit a home run? Okay, there's one, there's two. I don't think anyone from the Rays hit a Wanda Franco hit a home run. And Patrick Wisdom, I believe. Okay, so there's this there's two if there. Angels, did who hit from for the Angels? The Astro. I mean, like let's just look at these scores. It's just like like no one scored over six runs on on the on the FanDuel slate. Well, I'm drafting slate also because the Diamondbacks Nationals game. So what? Five runs for the Brewers, six for the Rays, five for the Cubs, seven for the Angels. Rockies six, Phillies five, Padres six, Mariners six. Like just like five band stacks, probably not going to cut it in in a lot of these games. So uh, a lot of weird, weird uh, mishmash lineups towards the top uh, on FanDuel at least. On FanDuel was a lot of just like two one one two was the Dean special up there. Uh, but our, our draft is a level less so. The the winning lineup had uh, what four man Rockies four two two. Two twins, two rays. Yes, uh, Salvador Perez hit two home runs yesterday. Wasn't even in the winning large field GPP lineup. I guess that's how low owned he was. Let's see. Okay, two point six percent owned. Right. So second place still had a two and a three. Right. First place had Connor Joe with three points. Did anyone do anything in the outfield yesterday? Seemed like like. Let's see. Let's go over here. Tommy Fam, but he's two percent owned. Here's Tampa. Jonah Don on, on, on DraftKings, because he was available. On FanDuel, they didn't have that game on the slate. Right, the pitching came through. Burns and Musgrove, pretty much, right? Right here, look, just like nothing, nothing in the outfield. Right, here's, here's, a, here's a Colorado 4-3-1, four, maybe, no, 3-3 three, three something or other. There, and that's a Rin Pack. Yeah, okay, here's a 5-3 uh, Braves-Rockies. Okay, and you didn't really need much out of the outfield, right? You got Darno, 
Albies, Riley, Arcia at 1.6% owned. There you go. You got enough points. That's it. That's all you needed. You didn't need much. The Colts over here, same thing. Five-man Brave stack. Kyle Schwarber, 21 points. Only 5% owned for the Phillies. And the Phillies were chalky. It's that lefty on lefty, right? Oh, Kyle Freeland can't play Schwarber. He's batting sixth or whatever, right? Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, going through here. I'm just getting distracted because uh, another fight is being put on the MMA card. They got the uh, uh, Preston Parsons got a new opponent, Evan Elder, right? Because we went from this 11 game, 11 MMA. Now it's going to be like 13, I believe, right? They're adding another. The, the, the two fights got canceled, but they're getting replacements or whatever. So I'm happy to see that instead of having an 11 fight card. I think Romanoff is getting Chase Sherman. We'll be talking about that on Friday, I guess. Uh, so Eric Brunick says 16 total home runs all day yesterday. Okay. All day, all day yesterday, which include games that, you know, the earlier games. The humidor strikes again, Shannon Lambert says. Home runs are way down this year. It's likely not the humor, humidor, probably a dead ball. And Ryan Murner says most weather this time of year is in the 40s and 50s. That's correct. But Derek Cardi has done the weather adjusted analysis the weather and ballpark adjusted analysis and he in the first three weeks of the season two two it's been two weeks compared to other two-week periods the home run is home runs are down that's adjusting for weather and ballpark so even even take out the weather take out the temperatures or whatever that there should be more home runs not not dramatically more but there should be more But, uh, but yeah, so uh, the stack still kind of got up there. Score patrol. Okay, what did the score? Oh, we got the Angels. The Angels were like, no, look at this lineup. No one had the Angels, right? Suzuki, Duffy, Rendon, Ward, Adele, and then two Rays and Reese Hoskins. And then you still had Burns and Mus- Musgrove. I had a lot of these types of lineups on FanDuel. Guys that are 1% owned, right? Burns and Musgrove, 52%, 49%, right? So it was more about taking the yesterday, just two best pitchers, grind, and then just find anything other than cores, other than the Colorado. Because really the Philly stack didn't get there, right? We take a look at the top 1% of lineups. Castellanos, I mean, Castellanos, Hoskins, Segura, Harper, Real Muto were the four highest owned batters. And Real Muto is the only one that's appeared in more than a significant amount of 1% top 1% liners. And that's primarily because he's a catcher and he scored 15 points. We take a look through all these, like Machado, Machado's hitting very well, right? CJ Crone, 39, right. If you had Colorado, that's a little bit better. And then the Braves was just so cheap yesterday, even against Walker Bueller. Sorry, Albies, 26% of the top lineups. Riley, 19% of the top lineups. The Braves were like 1% on Fandle. I, I, I had some good Braves four-man stacks going on uh, Fandle. Didn't, didn't all the way get there. Also, I had like Nathan Eovaldi in those lineups, so not Burns. So I don't think – I wouldn't have gotten to the top anyway. Just going through, taking, taking a look-see, compare exposures. If we look across. Like Robbie Ray really didn't get there. His velocity is down like one or two miles an hour. He only had four strikeouts. I played a lot of Texas against him. That didn't really get there. 
And nothing really got there. I mean, I'm saying, well, that didn't really get there. Well, no, no, no stats really got there. Royals, even if he had Royal stats, you had two set, uh, Perez home runs, and then what else? Not much else. So looking across the board at like the Phillies ownership, nothing, nothing absurd. I mean, still, you know, a lot of people playing chalk, right? Because they they still projected so much higher than than other teams. You see, RBX just said, "I'm just jamming. I'm just jamming in the Phillies. Probably lost a bunch, right? Even Brick seventy five, like, yeah, playing a ton of ton of Phillies. Me, you know what I did on FanDuel? I just X'd them out." Just X them out altogether. Nope, no Phillies. I played a lot of Red Sox and, and, and Rockies. The Red Sox didn't get there. Rockies did, pretty much. But I also I also was under the field on Burns on FanDuel. I mean, I still had like 27% or something. I think it was like 30-something percent owned. Yeah, Burns, Musgrove. I mean, what, what are we going to learn from yesterday? If you played mishmash lineups, if you played two, one, one, three, two, something like that, you had a better chance because, like, no team scored that many runs. Real life pitcher asked uh, if did I play the Jesus stack on Sunday? No, I did. I didn't even play on Sunday, so no, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. The tube socks asked if I'm playing USFL this week. No, I didn't play last week, and I'm not playing. I'll play soccer. I play soccer today. We got a four-game EPL slate at two forty-five Eastern. I got MMA and soccer on Saturdays. I don't need USFL. Play baseball during the week, right? That's what I do Monday through Friday. You play baseball, right? MLB. Saturday is soccer and MMA, and Sunday is relax. And if I get up early enough, maybe I play Sunday baseball. Maybe. Not saying that I sleep until noon, but I, it depends on if I feel like it, right? You wake up at around 11 or so, and it's like, God, do I one o'clock lock or something for baseball? Do I want Sunday baseball? And I just, eh, eh, whatever, whatever. So Saturdays, I'll get up early, right? So like Monday through Friday, I get up early for me. I stay up late. I stay up till like probably one in the morning, two in the morning, something like that. So Monday through Friday, since I'm doing the show, you know, I'm up at nine, 10 in the morning. Right. That's that's early, I guess, for me. And then soccer on, on Saturdays, that's a 10 o'clock a.m. lock. Lineups come out at nine. So I'm typically up at 8, 8, 30. So Sundays, I just want to sleep in. So sometimes I don't want to play the MLB DFS on Sundays. You know, people judging me, I guess. I guess that's yesterday's slate. We got an early slate today. Right. We got an early slate. We got we got some lineups out. Pirates, Brewers, White Sox, Guardians, Braves, Dodgers, uh, Reds, Padres, and they got the course game. Hey, I got the Phillies and the Rockies again. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And the, Okay, this is the, the White Sox Guardians is the first game of a doubleheader, but we got the lineups, I guess. We can take a look. Is there any, any weather issues? I don't think so. Wind's in from the right. Yeah, but it's still Coors. Okay, so no, no weather issues. Right, we got some projections here. Maybe make some lineups. We'll build some lineups. Do we got the stack projections up? We got the stack projections from the bat up. We got so let's see, make some lineups. We got any? No, we don't. We got the total ownership over there. But I mean, we we could we could we could go through this and just mentally 
strategically how you should be thinking about slates for GPPs at least. Okay, so I'm gonna reload these projections. I'm gonna be using the back projections and our plate IQ ownership. We got a what? It's a one, two, three, four, five game slate. And from the looks of, from the looks of it, uh, the Phillies, the Braves, the Braves are still, they still underpriced the Braves. They're facing Tony Gonzalez. Like I can just press optimize and just go like, okay, what, what shows up? Atlanta, basically a five, five Atlanta, three Philly with Woodruff and Gore. Right. Because you have the $7,200 McKenzie Gore against Cincinnati, who looks horrible. But based on the ownership, we may see a lot of Woodruff Bieber lineups 10, 8, and 9, 7, two high priced pitchers. If we do that, let's see what, let's see what shows up. Okay. So basically, we're getting Atlanta. We would play Abrams, assuming he's in the lineup for the, for the Padres. Fam is still cheap at 2,600. Right. So you're basically losing Castellanos. Right. And then going down. Abrams here. So you're still pretty much getting Phillies, Braves. And then you can play Fam because you're not playing. But I don't think there's any other Cincinnati bats that are that are owned, right? Take a look. Take a look at the hitter projections. Right. Fam, right? 35%. Farmer 14. Because these are the weaker positions, jury and farmer. Right. They're cheap and second base and shortstop. Okay. So we go team by team, like Pittsburgh. Barely owned against Woodruff, right? Woodruff is going to be chalky. Ownership, 1% on. Yeah, they have a three-team total. Then we have Milwaukee. Okay, so Milwaukee's going to be owned, right? So we got Adamas, Tellus, who's still just 3K. Yelich, Wong. Okay, so Milwaukee's going to be owned. These are maybe not the highest owned. White Sox against Bieber. Yeah, not much ownership. Right, obviously. Cleveland against Keichel. Really not much here, right? We've got Ramirez, Ernie Clement, 2K, right? Second base, so weak position. Batting second. Miles Straw, right? Pretty cheap lineup, right? Some people not, not even projected yet, yeah, because the lineup just came out. Philadelphia. Okay, this is yeah, but it's like stack wise, this ownership isn't not isn't isn't out of control. Like you got Harper, you got Real Muto, and then like it just drops off right now. Like where's like Schwarber? Unless the ownership is in our update, I'm expecting the Phillies to be much more owned than this, right? And it's going to be primarily like if you're going to play a Philly stack, you're most likely going to be playing someone like Mackenzie Gore. You, you're not going to be able to play Woodruff. Plus Beaver plus five man Phillies, right? Right here we go. Here's all the updates coming. Here. Colorado, Colorado. Okay, Blackman Bryant because they're cheaper, right? You could always fit in like a Rogers Trejo, you know, something like that in there. And we got Atlanta, right? You can get Alt Riley, Olson, Albies, Ozone. I mean, take a look at these prices. I mean, Austin Riley three K, Olson thirty six hundred, Albies thirty eight. Like like. They shouldn't be this cheap. Arzuna's 3K. They shouldn't have been that cheap against Bueller either. You go, okay, Gonzalez's not a bad pitcher, right? He's a pretty decent pitcher. Yeah, but these are much better hitters. Dodgers, let's take a look at the Dodgers. Barely owned. Against Morton. 
they're a little bit they're a little bit expensive and and they're a comparable stack price to like the Phillies they're more expensive than Milwaukee they're they're comparable to the Rockies so yeah so maybe maybe the maybe the Dodgers right I tried the Dodgers yesterday and that didn't work out against Max Reed almost pitched a perfect game then we get Cincinnati and you're pretty much other than fam and some cheapies they're barely owned against Gore. That'll be that that's a chalky SP2 that you could attack. And then we got San Diego. Oh wow, they may be okay. Grissom, Machado, Cronenworth, Abrams. Assuming that you know this is the this is the order. You can only go by the information we have right now. So what's the what's the thinking? Like it's a five-game slate. Okay. It's a five-game slate. Now, as the slate gets uh, smaller, like that's less likely that one team goes off for seven million runs, right? Versus, there's a 14-game slate. You have 28 opportunities for that to happen. So, I'm not married to five-man stats. Four-three-one, four-two-two. Correlation isn't as much of a priority. It should be one of your top priorities, but not. Oh, just play five man no matter what type of thing. Okay, so that's number one. From a leverage lever perspective, we got Woodruff and Bieber highly owned, highly, highly owned on DraftKings. This is draft. We're obviously looking at DraftKings. So playing the Pirates or the White Sox would be the easiest places to get leverage. Okay. So if you wanted to play the, the Pirates four man or something. You don't even have to beat. I'm not even talking about playing five and three, three Pirates batters. If the Pirates do well, that means 55% of your opponents who have Woodruff in their lineup, because you wouldn't, are going down while you start going up more, right? If you just don't play Woodruff and then you don't play Pirates and Woodruff has a 10 point, a 15 point game, like you get, you benefit by not having Woodruff, but if Woodruff has, as a subpar game, most likely that's correlated to Pittsburgh having a decent game. So I would be thinking about this slate of like Pittsburgh, White Sox, and possibly the Reds. If Mackenzie Gore at 7,200 is going to pick up steam as a SP2 option, maybe play Cincinnati. And this is just from the, this is just from the leverage level, Right. The easiest way to first place, especially on a five-game slate. So let's try, let's try that out. Let's let's try out the leverage lever first. Okay. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna build. Oh, let's, let's see. I'm gonna build kind of. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Let's see. Let's let's do four three. Let's do five x. Let's do five two. Okay. Let's get a little bit more correlation. Let's. Like a five, two, four, three type of lineup. And let's just do it with those. We set the unique players to one. Just let's set it to two. So we just had some, some different. Just, we're just looking at lineups, right? It doesn't have to be perfect. So we want Pittsburgh. I'm going to set the, the secondary to be second, to be zero. You'll see why. So Cincinnati, so these would be like the leverage stacks. Just to take a look at them in, in, in Chicago. Okay. 
Now I set the secondary to zero because I don't care what the other team is, right? Like, like it's very, it's probably I'm not going to play Pittsburgh four, White Sox three, and then play neither of Woodruff and Bieber. Like that would be ultra, ultra leverage. That would be ultra leverage lineup. But I, I don't know if you have to go that far. The projections are going to be low enough that that may that may be a little too low. So I don't mind like in a Woodruff in a Woodruff lineup. I may have the White Sox, right? Because you don't play Bieber in that lineup. And in a Bieber lineup, you have the Pirates. And in a non-Gore lineup, right? In a in a Woodruff Bieber lineup, you would have the Reds in there, right? So that's those that's the types of lineups I'm looking to see what they look like. Okay, so I'm gonna build a hundred lines, just a hundred lineups, maybe not even. Let's let's put out the, the fifty for time purposes, right? We're seeing what these lineups look like if we just jam the leverage lever. We just, just yeah, let's go. Come on. Let's see what they look like. Okay, here we go. So here we got Woodruff Bieber, Cincinnati, five man. You still play a pretty chalky Tommy Famine there. You got Harper in there, Machado. Bieber and Wood. I mean, this this lineup isn't all that isn't all that contrarian because a lot of these would be the the Braves. So instead of playing the Braves in this type of lineup, you'd be playing the Reds as a stack because you have Votto in there and you have Senzel in there at single digit. This wouldn't be that bad. I wouldn't mind this in in like in smaller fields, single entry type of stuff. You play the you play the two fifty plus percent owned pitchers. And the one-off, you're playing the most popular one-offs. Yeah, you could maybe in smaller field stuff. I'm, this is not; these aren't the types of lineups I like building. I don't like having chalky one-offs in my lineups in MLB DFS. I'd much rather switch that Harper out for Castellanos or something or whatever. Right. So we take because we have in limited based on like ownership. Right. The total ownership: two ninety nine point nine, two sixty one point five. So let's see if we could find a lineup that's a that's a less 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 chalky than this. Okay, so this is by fantasy points. So I'm just going to cut out lineups that are too high owned for their for their number, right? So there's two sixty one point five, right? Two eighty one. That's too high. It'd be two sixty one point five, two sixty one point four, two thirty two. Okay, now we're getting. Let's go down to two thirty two. Okay, let's see what we have at two thirty two. Similar type, yeah. Here we go. So it's Castellanos instead of Harper and Muncy instead of Machado, right? We only gave up like two fed two the projection of like two points. Votto, Jury, Farmer, Senzel, Van, Fam. You're still playing, yeah, yeah. Because you're playing a low owned stack type of thing, yeah. Then you could play the two chalky pitchers right together, the two expensive chalky pitchers. You play Muncy in the line. Okay, so the, the, this isn't that bad. And you have Real Muto in there, so it's a 5 2 1. There you go. He's Ryan McMahon. Bryce, yeah, see, Bryce Harper is the one that's pushing up all this, that ownership, right? That's why I'm looking. Like, what these lineups are projected almost exactly the same, but one is way, way higher on because of Bryce Harper. So let's see if we go down even further. 230. Let's see, can we beat 230? Oh, 217. A oh, 185. Okay, let's look at 18, 140. Well, now we're like, no, no, not sacrificing that many points. 
Okay, 140, 155, 140, let's see, can we beat 140? Probably not. The pirate, I mean, once you put in pirates, then geez, no one has that. And more projection updates are coming in. 138. Yeah, this is where now, now garbage starts coming in, right? One, two. Okay, here's it's four, three, one. Okay, we have, I don't want to say garbage, but like not five, two lineups. So you got 138. 138. Can we beat 138? Let's eliminate some of these lineups. 104. Okay, that's not bad. 104. And now we're going way too, now we're going way far down in, in projection. Let's get rid of some of these lines at the bottom. Okay, let's close all updates. So I can see here, like like this, this lineup for a Woodruff Bieber lineup ain't bad. You're basically stacking five man against Gore, who will probably be around 30% though. And obviously the least talented pitcher out of the bunch. Now for his price against the Reds, seventy two hundred is 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 the best the best point per dollar value in the bat. But as far as real life pitch, I mean Woodruff and Bieber are better pitchers. Someone got blown up today, and it's between Woodruff, Bieber, and Gore. You wouldn't be shocked if it was Gore out of the three. So I don't mind this lineup, and it it, it made such a big difference to not have Machado plus. Harper, that Muncie plus Castellanos at 6.9 and 1.7% is better than 40% Harper and 35% Machado. Are Harper and Machado better raw point median plays? Yes, but the combination is only a two-point difference, and it's Major League Baseball. They're going to get up four, maybe five times. Anything could happen. So should the ownership difference be 75% combined to 8% combined? No, it shouldn't. Based on the, the just variance of Major League Baseball. So I, so I don't mind this. And we look here and we get, we get other, you know, other types, very similar type of line, right? Woodruff, Bieber. And instead of Castellanos, you get, really, you get Hoskins. And instead of Muncie, you get Colin Moran. And you get Mookie Betts instead of, yeah, I mean it's it's a two v two type of lineup. So this thing, if if you prefer this one over that, well, okay, this is fine. Mookie bets at two percent owned, I'll take it. Right, you could do this. See, I don't mind the thirty five percent owned Tommy Fam in these lineups because I have, I have Reds and I have other Reds. I, I not many people are going to have the Red stack. They may have Fam as a one off, but not in the stack. And we go down to the pirate stuff, right? Like when, when, once you start jamming in pirates, then then ownership starts coming dramatically down, right? So either of these two lineups are fine. Like you, like look, and this lineup leaves a thousand on the table. This lineup leaves two two hundred on the table. Like I don't care. Leave a thousand on the table. That's perfectly fine. It projects for one hundred three point oh seven. This is one hundred three point two seven. 232 total ownership, 230 total ownership. These are fun. These are these are these are good lineups. For if you if you're jamming the leverage level, right? Because you're basically playing some team against one of the three chalkier pitchers on DraftKings, right? So let's say we save these, right? Save these. Then we go to here. So now we get into the gore lineups, 
right? The lineups that either don't have Woodruff or don't have Bieber. So if you don't have Woodruff, you're going to be playing Pirates. Now, the Pirates project low enough that you're probably not getting five-man stacks, and right? Because probably getting a four-man, right? So you have here Gamel, a five, six, seven, eight type of lineup, right? With Bieber, Gore, Ozuna at 14%. And here's Harper as a one-off. So I'm not, I'm still not a huge fan of the one-off on Harper, but I, I based on look at this ownership, like you're fine. If you wanted to, to eat the 40% ownership on Harper and the 39% ownership on Real Muto, I think it's perfectly fine because now you're playing the Pirates against 50 plus percent owned Woodruff. That's where you're looking to do most of your damage. And then you're just jamming in the best projected players. And that's, that's Ozuna, Harper, Remuto, Hot. There you go. Done. I don't mind this lineup. If you're going to play Harper, I'd, I'd still, even in this lineup, would rather play Castellanos over Harper to get even lower ownership. Right? Because if we change this to even Castellanos, we only sacrifice what? One point in projection. That's it. And we drop our ownership even more. So to me, the one point in, in projection isn't worth the 33 points in ownership, personally. So I'd rather I'd rather leave 400 on the table and play Castellanos in this line. Right? But let's save that one. Right? Here's another. Here's another one. Here, well, here's the Castellanos. Okay, I, should, I should have, shouldn't have been talking. Right? Here's a 50,000 line. Like, yeah, let's see. This lineup projects for slightly better, right? Because this one has Cabrian Hayes in it instead of Josh Van Meter. And this is Adam Duvall instead of Marce- uh, Marcelo Zuna. I mean, both, line- both lineups are fine, right? If you were playing multiple lineups, I'd be like, this lineup's good and that's like that. This lineup's good also, right? But this one had the Cassianos in it with Duvall. Like, look, look at the ownership of this lineup. You're playing Bieber, you're playing Real Muto, and everything else is just, it's a, it's a five-game slate and you're getting like nothing here. If Woodruff gets beaten up, like you have a great chance of winning a GPP because like, look at this combination. That's all you need. You only need a couple of things to go right. That's how you should be viewing MLB DFS, not player by player based. Well, is Diego Castillo going to have a good game? Is Duvall versus Ozuna? I don't care. I have projections for that. But what do I need to happen? I need the Phillies to score a bunch of runs. I need the, I need Woodruff, the Pirates to beat up on Woodruff enough that he doesn't, isn't one of the top two optimal pitchers and my four-man stack could get there, right? They don't have to put up a million points, but they'd have to do decently enough because no one, like zero, one, nothing percent don't. And they're all together, right? So that's, that's my win condition. That's it, right? Baseball lineups are correlated to each other. So they're only, you should be viewing it in terms of pieces. Stack one, stack two, Pitcher one, one off one. I mean, like the, that's it. But here we go. Here we go with a, a White Sox, right? Because now the other way to go is going against Shane Bieber. So the leverage lever would you go, right? So in the Woodruff lineups, Woodruff Gore lineups, you would have White Sox. So here's a White Sox lineup: Grandal, Mendick, Anderson, Robert. Then you play the the the, the Braves. And Reese Hoxons. Like, this isn't bad either. Right? Comparably owned, right? 151, one, I mean, this is very high owned. Only because you're playing the two chalk pitchers. 
this isn't bad either. Like none of these lineups are bad. If you want to play any of these, if you want to play any of these lineups in large field GPPs today on DraftKings for the early slate, go for it. They're all fine, and you could do one v one. Oh well, I was what I was might play this and switch it. Yeah, that's fine also, right? But I'm using the lineup builder just to see what these lineups look like. And then once I see what the lineups look like, I'm like, okay, I want more of them. Now you can make a hundred of them. That's what the lineup builder is for. It's not to, to make the decisions for you. Big Hurt 828 Flowers on FanDuel when playing single entry. What's the best approach to building lineups? Am I crazy for jamming cash lineups and switching players? Yeah, you're probably, you're probably, uh, you're probably giving up uh, some EV doing that. People are doing that in single entry. They're playing their cash lineups. With cash lineups, you don't care. You're, you're looking to decrease the variance of your lineup, which means correlation decreased. Having less correlation decreases the variance of your lineups. You should be increasing. You're playing a GPP with a progressive payout structure. In small field single entry GPP, I almost exclusively play 5-3 lineups. Exclusively. If people are going to be playing their cash lineups in there, I'll just let me get two teams right and I'll run and I'll, I'll easily beat people. If I get two teams to put up 10 plus runs, I win. Doesn't matter what you have anymore. Now you pick the right, the, the right median batters. Who cares about medians and GPPs? If you're playing double ups, just play, play the best, play all the best players in one lineup. Who cares what team they're on? That's fine. Yesterday said he took the Valdez and stacked the Dodgers yesterday. Yeah, that didn't work out. I had some of those types of lineups also. Remember, baseball is a lot about failure. Okay? That's if you're playing GPPs and MLB DFS and not and not losing at least 90% of the time, you're playing bad. Okay? If you're not losing at least 90% of the time. I probably lose 95% of the time in MLB DFS. And usually at the end of the season, I have tens, tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe not hundreds. So I don't like playing the 100K to first and 7K to, you know, like set of steak knives for 10th type of thing. Well, typically, I'll typically bink a 30K or a 20K, one or two of those a season end up with, you know, 30, 30 to 50 grand worth of profit. And that's losing 95% of the time, right? It's not about winning more often. It's about winning more money over the course of a season. And that's how sharp players, like the ones that listen to this show, make money off of people like Big Hurt 828. So let's say we didn't stack those 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 teams. Let's say we don't we don't push the leverage ladder, the leverage level, right? We just say no. Well, no, I want to play. I want to play the, the the chalk. I don't want to. I don't want to stack against against chalk pitchers, right? So then, what do we do now? Now we have to figure out like what what stacks are over owned, under owned. I'm assuming Philadelphia is going to be over owned. Do we have the stack leverage stuff up? Yeah, we do. Okay. Okay. So this this our stack leverage tool. Computes the smash percentage of a stack versus their ownership. Okay. So if we take a look at the, this includes all the, all the, even the late games, and everything. So early, 
Milwaukee, we have the highest, right? Milwaukee, then Philadelphia, then Cincinnati, then San Diego. If we take a look at ownership, based on our current ownership, San Diego is over-owned. You can see here just in the difference column, right? Green is good and red is bad, right? So it looks like San Diego is very over-owned. Looks like Cincinnati is about efficiently owned. Philadelphia is a little, little over-owned. Milwaukee is a little over-owned. Colorado is a little over-owned. Cleveland, under-owned. Atlanta, a little over-owned because of their price. Dodgers, heavily under-owned. White Sox, heavily under-owned against Beaver. Pittsburgh, a little bit, a little bit under-owned. They have the lowest chance against Woodruff. And all these are late games. So White Sox, so it looks like here, the White Sox against Beaver seems like to be a better option than the, the Pirates against Woodruff. Based on just our current ownership versus the smash percentage. It looks like the Dodgers are the most under-owned for their ceiling. But the 9%, I mean, it, it, it's not high. So let's say we look at this and go, okay, well, based on this, uh, maybe, maybe I don't mind playing Cincinnati. Maybe I don't mind, as, as a stack, maybe I don't mind the Dodgers and the White Sox. Dodgers, White Sox, Phillies here, right? Milwaukee's over-owned. Maybe you could play some Philly. Right, I'm just looking around based on our numbers here. Oh, Cleveland. We also have Cleveland against Keuchel. Okay, so we're gonna just, we're gonna attack the uh, the under owned teams. So that would be Cleveland. Let's just call it Cleveland, the Dodgers, and the White Sox. Okay, so now we're gonna do the same thing that we did before. Cleveland, White Sox, and the Dodgers, and see what lineups come out. Okay. Right, we're still like five, two, four, three. You know, we're still doing something. We could get away with four twos or whatever. I mean, if you want to drill down into stuff, but for ease, I'm just gonna make 50 lineups like this. See what they look like. Okay, so let's see what these lineups look like. Okay, so we got Phillies in these lineups. Okay, so these this, this is uh this is uh Cleveland. Against uh, against against uh, Keuchel, so you can get a lot of a lot of Brandon Woodruff and a lot of a lot of Shane Bieber. Well, not as much Shane Bieber, right? Yeah, because we we have some White Sox against it, right? So there we go. This isn't bad. Still got that Harper one-off in there. I'm not a big. I'm still not a big fan of the chalk one-offs. I don't mind Real Nito because he's in a catcher position, and that's a scarce position. Outfield not as scarce, right? More updates, but Connor Joe is not in is not in the Colorado lineup today. Okay, so we're still getting still tons of Phillies, right? Okay, that makes sense. But I don't mind it. Look, the ownership on the on the on the Cleveland is 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 un, they're under owned, so I don't mind eating over owned. This is this is what I mean by lineups not players. Like, oh, can I play Bryce Harper today? Well, I can't tell you. I, I don't can't answer that question unless you tell me what your lineup is. It's like, well, I'm playing a Cleveland stack. It's like, okay, then you're fine, right? Bryce Harper is over-owned. JT Raimundo is over-owned. 
doesn't mean you don't play them. They're still the highest projected players, right? It's just a matter of if you play them, you need to find leverage elsewhere, right? Me personally, I'd rather keep on finding leverage regardless because I'm not a big fan of playing 40% on one-offs in baseball. Rather find even more. But you could, if you wanted to play this lineup, even with Bryce Harper, 40% one-off, it's in a three, it's in, it's, he's in a three-man. It's a four-three-one lineup. So, okay. So it's a little bit better. But this is fine. But this highlights lineups, not players. Right? You're, you're, you're basically using your guardian stack as leverage for the rest of your lineup. Right? So here's a Woodruff Gore lineup. Here's a Woodruff Bieber lineup. Right, because Jose Ramirez could fit in here, can't fit in over here. You need Austin Riley over here. Total ownership, pretty it's fine. You're fine. You're good. Right. And here's a die. Here's a Dodgers one, two, three, four. He's a four, three, one with the Dodgers with Woodruff and Gore. Still that Harper one off there. Right. Because you could play that Harper one off in this type of lineup with one percent, two percent, a five game slate. Right, here's a very similar lineup to the one above, just with Castellanos in there, right? So obviously, I'd prefer this over the Harper lineup. So I think you're dropping a lot more ownership. Right here, here's a 229 ownership at 106.42 at 229. And this is 105.86 at 196. So you're barely, you're not, are you even giving up a point? You're, barely, you're not even giving up a point in, 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 in projection, and you're dropping your ownership another 30 points down. I, I, I prefer this line over that other one. They're both fine. They're both. You can play both of them if you want. All these lineups look pretty good, right? I could go through all of them and go, okay, this, 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 this is fine. Right? Is this is a little too high owned. No, this is fine. Like you're barely playing. You're playing Guardians, right? You're playing a Dodger stack. No one's on with, with a Simon Miziati as a one on. I mean, like, these are perfectly fine. Here's a Bieber lineup. And you're playing Justin Turner one-off. You still got Har- you got Harper in there. Here's, here's another Guardian stack. But here's, here's one with both Woodruff and Bieber. A Guardian st- f- uh, one, two, three, four, five. Two, you're not playing, you're playing Ozuna. And you're not playing Harper. You're still playing Ramito and Hoskins. Like, this is fine. This is fine also. This works for me as well. All of them work for me. This, this is all. This all makes only because. What? Why should it work for me? Why is it? Why is it that all these lineups I'm going to go through? I'm going to go like, nope. This is I, I. I start jamming that in. This is, and we could go through this. We could spend the next hour. I could go through thousands of lineups. I'll be like, okay, that's good. Why is that the case? Is it because the lineup builder told me these lineups are good? No, it's because I told it it was good. Why is the ownership lower than the projection? I'm getting better projection for lower ownership. It's because I looked and saw, based on our projections, who is over-owned and who is under-owned. I'm play- the three stacks that I chose are the ones that have the largest difference between the smash and their ownership. So obviously, they're going to be projected higher than what their ownership is going to be based on what we currently have. Shown. Obviously, ownership could update. You know, we got new lineups in, right? Using the numbers that we currently have, right? You could turn into that. Oh, well, maybe now Atlanta starts coming down, and now they're now they're under by a little bit. 
Or you have like Cincinnati here, who's not under under that's not bad efficient. You could play him. Or you could decide to like, okay, I'm gonna play over on stacks and then just not play the not play the pitch and play weird pitches. You could do that also. But once you decide on what you're gonna do, then you all you all, all you're doing is putting it into the, the lineup builder. So every lineup, look, those are the line, I went in with the, what types of lineups do I want? I want here's the three most on I could I could go in and I could add the the, the, the leverage ones also. Like we did before, like if we want, let's say Pittsburgh, right? We got Pittsburgh and uh, and Cincinnati, right? Cincinnati and we already have White Sox against Beaver, right? Let's say I want like some some even even keel type of thing, right? Just to take a look at some lineups, right? Twenty twenty twenty, right? Hundred percent, right? We we put a little 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 buffer in there so we can make the lineups better right so put them all at 25 i could do that also right i've already decided i've already looked what do the lineups look like what what stacks do i want to play they're under own okay if i play this is under own i know what types of lineups i'm going to get and maybe looking in those in those lineups that i just built maybe i'd like well nothing was higher than 230 so i'll, I'll cap that there Right. If I want, if I want more diversity, I'll add randomness or whatever. Like now, I could. Thought, well, now I could worry about diversification here. I could build all the lineups at once, or pick out lineups that I want. It depends. But if you're picking out for three max single entry stuff, you could do it this way. Just pick out the lineups you want. If you're building a hundred plus lineups, you could build two hundred and weed it down. You could just build a hundred at once. So here, even in this, we uh, look, look, look how much Shane Bieber we're getting because I added so many of those red stacks to it. So I have to get rid of some of this Shane Bieber against the White Sox. We can also take a look at the stack summary, right? I only, I was only getting two Chicago White Sox stacks, right? Barely getting into Chicago, getting way too much. Like maybe I don't want that many Cincinnati against Gore stacks. Maybe I don't want that many Pittsburgh against uh, Woodruff stacks. So, so. So I I, I, cur I curb curb it down. Maybe I only want to see some of it, right? Ten percent, right? And I want to get more against Bieber, and I bump that up to thirty-five. I mean, it's already over one twenty, right? Right. I go down. Maybe not as much Cincinnati against Cleveland against Keuchel. Do that, and then you see what line you see what lineups come out. I, I, I'm already envisioning what the lineups, what the lineups look like. We just went through them. And this is then you're coming up with the strategy before you touch and optimize. I know what these lineups should be looking like, right? Right. Woodruff Beaver. Here's you know, there's four four reds. No no gore in there. Right, Gritch, is Gritch even in the lineup? I don't think so. Oh yeah, he is in the lineup. Obviously, I didn't update any of the projections or anything. You start to see these lineups. You could even go in the stack summary and go, okay, let me take a look at the White Sox stacks. Right, what combos do I have? Cleveland, Philadelphia, I got a lot of those. Right, so here's the, here's the White Sox Braves. We looked at a very similar lineup before. Right, Woodruff Gore and a 4-3-1. Woodruff Gore in a 4-3-1. 
Woodruff, Warren, Full right. But there you go. And you got a like, Harper, Harper, Harper. You could afford, you could play Harper because you don't mind that ownership now because you're playing a low owned, lower owned stack against a chalky pitcher like Bieber. But you could decide to say, and I'll, I'll sacrifice the point and play Castellanos instead of play some other athlete. You can. Right. But that's why the, the, the ownership goes down dramatically from like 184 to 152 because you're not playing Harper in these lineups. So maybe you decide, like, I want to be that low, 152, 171, right? You look down in these, you look like in the non-Harper lineup, his 182, maybe maybe you set it down. It's like, I want to, I want to find the lineups that are even lower than that, 180. And then you build. Like this builder is scrolling, is that there's no, what numbers do I use? There's no such, there's no correct answer. It's what, well, what lineups are you making? And what can you change here to start getting more of the lineups that you want to play? Because you've already decided beforehand. That's the key. That is the number one key. Strategizing on a slate and go, what types of lineups do I want to build? Well, naturally, you'd want to build lineups that have a higher projection and a low, as high of a projection you can, but as low of an ownership you can. That concept exists in every sport. Okay. Now, how do you how do you build those lineups by playing more of the under-owned players and less of the over-owned players? Okay, you play less of the over-owned stacks and more of the under-owned stacks. Well, you just go to a page that'll show you what the <laughs> the percentage versus the ownership is, and you go, okay, I'm gonna play more of that. This isn't complicated. This really isn't complicated. You get all the information. We do all the work for you. <laughs> You sign up for Roto Grinders Premium, click on that link in the description, get $10 off your first month. You get the projections, you get the starting lineups page, the weather breakdown, the stack projections, the, the team smash percentage and stack values. You get Cheese's million dollar musings. You get, you get, you get everything you could possibly look at. And then all you're doing is, okay, I want to play these, these four teams, right? And then I want to play these three pitchers. And then you make the combos, and there you go. It's not complicated. Well, do I play a do I do I play the shortstop? Like you're thinking too much, dude. Did I go through any of this and go? Well, do I play Jake Berger instead of? I don't care. The names don't matter to me. I just see four White Sox in this line. I don't know. It's the it's the highest projected for this combination. So yeah, whatever. I don't care. Well, you're playing a one hitter and then a six hitter and then I don't care. It doesn't matter. Are they all on the same team? Yes, that's all that matters to me. Am I a big fan of playing chalky one-offs? No. Doesn't matter if Bryce Harper is, oh, well, against this pitcher, he's 7 million for 7 million and one, and he's hit 600 million home runs. Or what? It doesn't matter to me. 40% on batter, just throw him out. Doesn't mean you play none of them. I mean, if you want, I mean, he's perfectly fine to play in these types of lineups. He's perfectly fine. Just. I'd rather just not play a one-off that's 40% off. I'd rather get even lower ownership. That's it. And you could build, you know how many lineups you could build like this? Thousands upon thousands of lineups. Thousands. We could spend all day. We could end up with 5,000, 8,000 lineups that I would look at. And you would say, is this a good lineup? for This is a five-game slate. It's a five-game slate. And I go, okay, that, that's, probably, that's probably plus EV. Oh, that one's probably plus EV. Oh, that's probably plus EV. And they keep on going. 
And you're going to be like, well, I'm only playing 20. Which 20 should I play? It's like, whatever 20 we want. Whatever, whatever, whatever 20 you want out of these 8,000. Perfectly fine. Well, do I want to play them all this? And now, now you're talking, once you start talking about which 20 out of the 8,000 do you play, now that's just diversification. Now that's just a risk tolerance thing. Right? Obviously, if you're playing pirate stacks against Woodruff, like those are going to be higher variance lineups. Right? If you play, if you play, if you, that leverage lever, if you're jamming that up, that's going to be higher variance. Most likely, those teams don't do well. When they do, you get paid way too much for what they do because they're 1% off. So you're going to have a lot, you're going to have a lot of you. 19 out of 20 days, you're going to be in the last place. And one out of 20 days, maybe you win the whole, the whole thing. Right? Those are those types of lineups. Do you want to play 20 of those types of lineups? You could. Just don't complain when all 20 of your lineups are dead. Right? And you can have, and if you do that every day, you're going to have a lot of dead, 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 dead. And at one point, you're going to win 50,000. Who knows when? And hopefully you survive until then. But maybe you want to be a little bit, maybe your risk tolerance is a little bit lower. So you're going to be a little bit more diversified. Right? So it's like instead of playing 20 pirate stacks, I'm going to play, I'm going to play two pirate stacks, but I'm also going to play. For White Sox stacks, but I'm also going to play some of the brands. Maybe you play a Philly stack, even with Harper in it. You go, okay. So now your lineups are all, now your 20 lineups could be you have multiple shots, right? So you put, you put in your 80 bucks, and a lot of times you'll get back $60. So even on a losing day, if you play like, if you play 20 Pirates lineups, you could put an 80 and get back zero. I'm talking about for like the four seam or like a 20 max type of contest. That's all risk tolerance. That's all. The EV of the lineups don't change. If you have to choose between 8,000 lineups, 20 of them, and where the EV is not that much different between them, pick whichever way you want. Close your eyes and, you know, pick out of a hat. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Okay. So, got the early slate. Uh, I'm not even sure. I, because I've gone through it, I'm going to have to build some lineups. Right. I wasn't necessarily planning on playing the early slate, but I guess I'm going to be playing White Sox against Beaver. That's what it looks like. The Guardians, maybe. I'll put together some lineups. I'll put together some lineups. I don't want to go through all this and be like, oh my God, Beaver got killed. Right. Or the Pirates that destroyed Woodruff or something. And it's like, yeah, I could have I could have played one of one of each of those lineups and probably won a lot of money. But I just decided not to. I just decided to go through it all on the show and then not, not actually put in these lineups. Uh, also, because the, the projections make sure. I mean, like, dude, I could I could reload this and all the ownership has changed. So, like, maybe none of this is... I would have to look and go, oh, okay, okay, maybe, maybe the White Sox aren't over-owned anymore or aren't under-owned anymore. Maybe this... You know, that's what I'm saying. The, I'm showing you the process, like the numbers and everything. You, you know, that, that that's the main reason why, why you're building lineups before like an hour before lock before lineups come out before umpires before weather before any like dude you could wait you could do this all 45 do this 30 to 45 minutes before lock and i'm not narrating my entire thing i could do this all in, in a couple of minutes uh jacqueline menzies in baseball is building by fantasy points or ceiling more optimal no doesn't matter because stacks are more important. That's correct. Calvin Legrone asks, how many play, how many, I'm assuming how many players are usually in your player pool for the 20 entry mass contest? That would be an, that would be a very stupid question. It doesn't matter. That number means nothing. How many players in your player pool? Eight million, eight. Doesn't matter. 
You're asking the wrong questions. And no, in baseball, building my fantasy, building my meaning and fantasy points in a game where one swing of the bat is a difference of 14, could be 14 fantasy points. Okay. So understand that. Understand if you play, if let's say we're going to put in right here, what's the optimal, right? If we just, we did the knapsack problem, 112.14. Okay. This lineup, which I don't know how much correlation it has. It all has a bunch of grades in it. Okay. 112.14. A lineup that is at 98 fantasy points median. This lineup right here, look right here. It's right next to it. The difference between these two lineups is one swing of the bat. That's it. That's the only difference. Now, in basketball, 14 points is much higher. You need to do a lot more things for, to make up 14 points. There's no 14-point shot in, in NBA. In baseball, there is. One Tim Anderson swing could make up 14 Make up more than that because you have multiple socks. Right? If Tim Anderson gets on base... Let's say Tim Anderson gets on gets on first, so that's three points, and then steals second, so he gets five. That's seven. Then Lewis Robert hits a home run. Okay, so Tim Anderson gets two points for the run, so now now he's up to nine, and Lewis Robert gets sixteen. Right, so that's twenty five points. Like barely has anything has happened in the game. It's the first inning of the game. You've already made up twenty five points. Okay. So if you're if you're if you're caring that much about median projection, like I need to really fine-tune that median projection. Like, dude, you could make up 50 points when you're stacking a team, you can make up 50 points in a, in a, in a span of four at bats, five at bats. Now, if the, this lineup projects at 112 and you're playing a lineup that's like 78. As long as you're getting sufficient enough ownership to drop on it, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, but it's 35 points below. below. So, so you have five guys from a team that no one's playing. So, yeah, those in an inning, ding, 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 and that team scores 12 runs. Making up 35 points is nothing. They're all correlated to each other. So, yeah, so like the median projection doesn't, doesn't really matter that much. Pitchers, a little bit more so. Is the team under or over-owned for their ceiling? That's it. That's it. That's all that matters to me. And then, then, then when it comes to the team, it's just the team. Sure, would I love the five best batters from a team? Yeah, sure, of course. But the, we live in the world of a salary cap. That's what I use the projection. That's then, then, now, that, that's how the lineups are being built from the projection. Like, I want these two teams together with these two pitchers, and how, how do I make this happen? Well, it means you can't play this guy, and you got to play this Oh, I don't care. As long as it's five from this and three from the other, I don't care. Yeah, but you want to play the ninth hitter? I don't, give a, I don't give a crap. Is it five guys from one team and three guys from the other? Okay, then I'm, I'm fine. I don't care who it is. So, no. I've, I say this every day. People vastly, and I, when I mean vastly, I mean absurdly vastly overthink MLB DFS. Absurdly. You, you should be able to show up to a slate without have ever looking at it. Literally, 
you don't have no idea what's going on tonight at seven o'clock. Try it out. Seven o'clock slate tonight. Don't look at it. Don't look at the slate. Enter contest just to make sure that you're in there, right? But don't look at the slate. Don't you don't know who's pitching. You don't know who's hitting. You don't know nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Show up ten minutes before lock. I would have said five, but ten. Give you a little bit more time. Ten minutes before lock. If you cannot make a competitively plus EV lineup in ten minutes, then you're over. Then you're vastly overthinking it. Vastly. I could legitimately go to this page and build lineups immediately and go, okay, who's based on this, who's under and over owned. It's like, okay, well, it looks like Cleveland looks like white Sox. It looks like Dodgers. Now, if I had a little bit more time, I could I'd get into a little, little bit more nuances and suck out a little bit more EV. Yeah. The whole thing with the Harper, right? Do I want to play a 40% on one off? I'd rather gain some more expected value by not doing that. Yeah. But you don't even need to do that. It's like, well, what, what teams are under owned? We'll play those teams. Well, what, what, what stack configure it? Whatever you want. Four, five, four, three. Most likely, if you just defaulted to five X, you're fine. Okay, that's fine also. Even if it's a, well, on a five game slate versus a, who cares? You got five minutes. You got five minutes to build lineups. So you look here, you go, okay, these three teams are under owned. I'm going to go, uh, I need to build three lineups. So I'm going to build a, one lineup with a five-man stack of each of those teams. And you go in and you build a five-man stack of each of those teams or whatever, whatever fits in the projections. And there you go. You should be, you're done. You are done. You have spent 50 se- 45 seconds to build lineups, right? I could legitimately, right? Let's 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 reset all of this. Reset all of it. Where do I reset? Come on, go to the build rules. Reset all MLB settings. Okay. First, the projections get updated now. Okay. We'll go to the bat projections. Where am I going? Get out of here. Okay. So you should be able to do that. Like what I just did, right? So you go here. It's the early, okay, this isn't even the early slate. I got to bring it to the early slate. Right, so this is the default. You just show up to lineup HQ. You have the bad projections on, right? And you go, okay, what three teams are under on? You, 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 want, to, you want to build, literally build three lineups, right? So you got to build rule, right? Number of lineups to produce three, number of unique players, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're building three different stacks, so it's, it's the unique players, whatever. None is the whatever, whatever the default is, doesn't matter, right? So you go, okay, what do I want? Want five x, right? Just by default, it doesn't matter, right? By default, I want uh, Chicago White Sox, thirty-three. I want Los Angeles, thirty-three, and I want what was the other one? That was under uh, Cleveland. There you go. You go, I want, basically, I'm just, I'm just one, one of each line. There you go. And then it's going to, I should, I should get one to stack summary, one of each. There you go. So here's one lineup. You got Harper in there. Of course you got Harper in there. This one doesn't have Harper. Right. And there you go. These three, you could play these three lineups. They're fine. They're done. You go, go, put them in. You're done. How long did that take? How long did that take? That took less than a minute to do. It took less than a minute. 
to look in the stack for the top stack projection page and go who's under owned and then go, okay, I want those teams. Right. Now, if you want to go in and go, okay, well, I, I'd rather have not have Harper in the, then then yeah, you could tweet stuff if you want. But these three liners would be fine. If I looked at all three liners, I go, okay, that that's I would think they're plus EV. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Done. That's it. That's that's MLB DFS. I've I've shown that's it. How many players in your player pool? Did I did I do anything with the player pool? No, nothing. I didn't touch anything. Right? Do you have a gap between your stack? No, I don't care about any of that. Right? I like there's, there's nothing to care about. You want team, what teams are going to put up eight plus runs today? You want a lot as two of those teams in your lineup. There you're done. And the pitchers that do well enough. And there you go. You're done. You're done. That's it. That's MLB DFS. That's it. How many of these types of lineups can I build out of these three? Like here's a Dodgers, Dodgers five man. Well, there's so many two V twos that I could, I could, I could not have Bieber. I could Woodruff there and then upgrade this. And you know how many of those? There's probably 700 of these types of lineups. <laughs> Which one out of the 700 do you play? Whichever one, close your eyes and throw it, whatever. This is the highest projected one of them. But probably the difference between uh, 0.2 and projection is going to be five different 2v2s. So there's a m- multitude of ways you could build the same similar type. Well, instead of Clement, I have this. And instead of Bieber, I have Woodruff. And instead of this, I have... Uh, it... Well, ultimately, you're, you're playing teams. You're playing pitchers and teams. That's it. You could show first light with the tools that we have at Roto Grinders and build lineups in less less than a minute. That I would look at and go, they're competitively plus EV. Maybe are they the highest expected value lineups? Maybe not. But are they are they profitable lineups? I would say yes. Most likely. And you go, I don't want to play five in. I want to play four three one. So build three four three one lineups. It's probably fine too, right? But that's the main reason why I like, like the questions of like, do I do this? Do I do that? Do I did like wildly overthinking, wildly. I mean, you're so far away. You're so far away. It's like, you know, like you're, you're trying to like, you're trying, the goal is to open the refrigerator door. And what you're doing is you've just now bought a supercomputer to calculate the, the and with moon rocks, because now you're going up to space to, uh, to, to try to determine the exact amount of power to use, to use when you pull on that refrigerator door. And like you're doing, and you're, you're consulting 12 different PhDs from around the world on, and, and what I'm saying is just go up to the door and pull on it. That's it. So go up to the door and pull on it. Well, if you pull, what happens if I pull it a little too hard? Well, are you are you likely going to pull it hard enough that you're going to pull the door off the refrigerator? Probably not. And probably are you going to go and you're going to see that going using your little pinky and going like this. This is 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 not enough, right? You know that, right? So it's somewhere in between. So then pull on the door. Well, how hard should I pull on the door until it opens? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, but do I like that? That's what I see with MLB DFS. Right. And that's why we get more like I, I, I don't understand this. I don't understand questions like this. This is what this is what gets me annoyed. Like Stephen L. Brickman, thoughts on consecutive order players and stacks or does it matter? 
Like, I just don't like, like, these are the types of things that I just don't, I, I, I can't understand in just human behavior. Like, Stephen, did you literally just show up? Like, did you literally just show up? Like, if he, if he literally just clicked on the video and typed in that question immediately, that's about the only way that I could forgive him from understanding how a human being could act. I literally talked for 10 minutes on this. So like, I, I don't understand how, how, how I, could I could put out the same content 7 million times. And people don't, people watch and then don't, I, 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 I don't get it. I, I, that's, that's the thing that baffled me the most about DFS. That is the one thing that I'll never solve. I'll never solve whatsoever. People ask, people, I, I've answered this tons of times. I've answered, this, this is what I legitimately don't get. I've answered this question tons of times. People have, have asked me, said, I found your content and it's, it, it seems much more helpful than a lot of other content, right? I've been playing DFS for X amount of time. What would you suggest I watch of yours and listen to of yours uh, if I want to get good at DFS? And my answer is always, always all of it. And I go, well, you don't have any special episodes? I go, no, all of it. And I go, okay, well, like, I'll get your course for 15 hours. I'll go, okay, that's not all. Of it. And I go, well, what, what, what should I watch? I should, you should watch the DFS pregame show. And I'll go, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'll watch it tomorrow. I said, no, you should watch all of that. I go, I've done probably, I don't know, 200, 300 of these. I don't know. Been going on for over two years. So you should watch all of them. Start at the beginning. I put out other YouTube videos. I put out 73 different podcasts. I put it, there's probably, I would say more thousand, 2000 hours worth of content I've done. And what I would suggest legitimately is to watch all of it. And people, and people act, they look at me virtually and go, you really expect me to watch 2000 hours of content? And I go, I look at them and I go, that's what I would do. That's what I did. That, that is what I would do, right? When I started playing DFS, I watched everything. And a lot of times I would spend 16 hours a day watching and reading content. Every, not slate-based content, not who's going to do well today content. I'm talking about, I was watching when I was starting to play NBA basketball. I got into bass in 2017. I never played NBA. Right. I haven't followed the league in 15 years. So, you know what I did? I watched Grinders Live episodes from a year ago. Right. I was looking for specific people, Jed Jonathan Bales, you know, like people that dealt with the game theory of, of and I watched all of them. as long as they were on the show, I would watch. It would be a slate from three years ago. And they're spending an hour talking about a slate from three years ago with names I've never heard of before. But just to figure out like what, what, what are the strategies here? And then I would, and then the next show, and then the next show, and I'm watching shows from three years ago, a episodes of interviews and episodes of podcasts from three years, all of it, read books, all the the entire Rotogrinders forums. I now that they're gone, but there were strategy threads there. There was some strategy threads that were the size of books, probably seventy six pages long. And you know what I did? I, I read it all. I read. Now, which one did you read? 
Like there wasn't one that I read. I read all of them, like not one, all of them, literally all of them. Right. And day after day, day after day, like, well, what contest did you study? All of the contests, like when I was playing soccer DFS, I just had Saramac on my, my podcast. I download the CSV every, every contest. How long, how long would you study the CSV? All day? I mean, all day. All day. <laughs> like, not how much time. It's, it's how, how much, what, what time are you not doing it? Like, that's, that's the thing that I don't understand. I know this is like a rant. Right? Like the stuff with results DB. Like what I show you in results DB is like an overview. I'm so I've weeded out so much stuff from studying that they're only very very minute. Like I I understand the game well enough that I could just look through some of this stuff and look up. I'm interested in what this person did and why these lineups were this way. And I'll drill down every once in a while. But I could I could usually get a broad picture view of like did I fuck up anywhere? Did did anyone do something weird? Like. I'm used to it because I'm seven years in into playing DFS. So I know what matters and what doesn't matter that much. And I also know the styles of players and everything, but I still study every morning, right? That's the whole purpose of the this show is that I'm always reviewing the slate yesterday anyway. A lot of times I'm reviewing the slate while it's happening, right? I'm going, I'm looking, something is weird. I go, why is this team only 8% owned? I thought they were going to be 15% owned. And now for the next hour, I'm clicking through and I'm downloading something going like, like why, 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 why did, why are they overown? What, and looking around, figuring out where, where I made a mistake. Did anyone else capitalize a mistake? Or did everyone make, did everyone make the same mistake? Sometimes that happens. Sometimes everyone makes it. Everyone thinks some team is going to be much higher on than they are or much lower on than they are. I go around, I go, no, it looks like everyone, it, it, it was a byproduct of everyone thinking the same thing. Go, okay. Okay, so it's not that it's a anti-competitive mistake. Okay, okay, I get that. But you know how you learn how to do all that type of stuff by by doing it, by doing it all, right? Right, money making Mike says that's the point. People don't realize the work you put in. They just think you have the magic key and you can just hand it over. But it's not even the magic. Key. Like once you get the fact that I could show up five minutes before a slate and build good lineups is not. Yeah, because I spent five hours trying to build them. I mean, you start from a point where you're spending so much time learning the concepts that you now you start weeding out the stuff that does this doesn't matter, that doesn't matter, this doesn't matter, and you you quickly go through it. Poker is very similar. Well, I learned how to play poker. You know, you know how I learned to play poker by reading everything. You go, well, what books did you read? I read all of them. Right? This like like that's to me that's 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 the thing. What can I do to become a better DFS player? Everyone. I say take a statistics class, right? You can go on Khan Academy. You t- there's plenty of free statistics and probability classes with lessons and homework, right? And calculations and everything. And you learn, and you can learn a lot of the concepts that would do you really immensely better in DFS, right? Then once you learn that, you'll be like, oh, well, I could do some of that maybe. And you come up with some interesting ways to, to, to streamline your workflow. And that may involve like Excel. And you're like, well, I don't, I don't really use Excel. Well, then there are Excel classes online for free. 
right? Take Excel classes. You could learn Python or R. If you want to get a little bit more advanced, you could do some, some of that. Like, I don't understand what else you would be doing. Because watching the games doesn't do you any good. So the point is, how do you get better? By doing everything, right? What, what should I listen to? Everything. From a conceptual, from a teaching standpoint, not a who's going to do well today. Watching, watching, uh, the reading uh, 400 articles today on why, why Bryce Harper is a good play, that's not going to teach you how to play DFS. Learn the statistical and probabilistic concepts, the game theory of DFS. I mean, that's why I put together a 15-hour course. The course could be 150 hours. But no one's going to buy a 150-hour course. And I'm not going to talk for 100. I, I normally talk for 150 hours. If you go to theoryofdfs.com, all of the concepts in here I talk about on the, on the DFS pregame show. If you were to watch 500 hours of the DFS pregame show, you would get everything that's, everything that's in this course. So you wouldn't have to pay $125 for it. But do you want to spend 500 hours watching the show? No. 15 hours of audio. But you know what would be better? Listen to the 15 hours of audio and then We'll start from the beginning, go through 500 hours of content. And then you'll see, but in the 500 hours, you'll, you'll, get, to, you'll get to hour eight and be like, isn't this what he just talked about six hours ago? And then you'll get to the next day and yell, didn't he talk about like, and you can just start to see that after 500 hours, it's like, oh my God, you've had to explain the same concept 84 times. You get it. Right? And then, then, you start, then you start acting like me. Then you look and you go, why are people asking these questions over and over again? Uh, so money making Mike says it's why you can do these videos and never seriously have to worry about losing your assets. Exactly, money. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. People ask me and they go, I, I'm 100% transparent. I show my road to track, I show my entire process. I show everything. I show my results. I show my profit. I show everything. They go, well, you're showing us everything. You know, aren't you afraid that you're giving up your, your edge? You go, no, because no one, no one does it. Because no one actually, that a small fraction of people actually do it, right? Or they get, they can't execute, they can't implement. They could be like, oh, I get these concepts. And then it's like, okay, well, then show up a half an hour before a slate and build the lineups. And they're like, ah, oh, you can't do it in real, in real time, in real practice, right? It's like, I ain't going to be there to hold your hand to build lineups a half an hour before lock. You know why? Because I'm building my lineups. But yeah, but that's the thing that I don't understand. If you can't get better at this unless you're, Put in the time, and I'm not talking about the time to study if uh, if uh, Alex Bohm's launch angles in Colorado. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about statistical, probabilistic, game theory, mathematical concepts. The concepts of playing DFS. So once you have the concepts of playing DFS, you could find you'll find out that. Most of the stuff that you're looking at, I'm like, well, Kyle Schwarber versus lefties, and if he's eight for four, none of that stuff even matters, right? Or if it matters, you could you could sign up for Roto Grinders Premium, right? Click on that link in the description, get ten dollars off your first month, and it does all that work for you, right? So it's like as long as long as I have the bat projections and ownership and stack percentages, like I'm done. Like the, all that work is done for me. It's a matter of looking at that and going, who's 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 under owned, who's over on how I build these lineups together. That's it. Done. Right? What kind for the field sizes that I'm in, for the contest, the opponents that I'm against, right? And then 
How much diversification I want between my hundred lines? And that's and that's it. There you go. You can learn that all. You can learn it all. So just watch all the, and when you watch all the videos, hit the thummy thumb button, right? Even on the past videos, why not? Give me those thummy thumbs on your way out the door. Uh, we got we got Grinders Live later today, right? We got Grinders Live for basketball. Uh, we had hockey, hockey, no, hockey is on Thursday, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I think. We got hockey stuff going on. We got live locks on the on the Scores and Odds channel. We got tons of stuff. Programming note, there's no show tomorrow. So this show, we're done. Not forever. I got a dentist appointment tomorrow. And my dentist closes at like 2 o'clock. And there's no way for me to ever make an appointment that doesn't involve me having to miss this show. So, so no show tomorrow. I will be back on Friday. And uh, I'll have my MME shop. Uh, hopefully, these these that we'll get pricing on these, these replacement fighters and whatever. So I should have my MMA stuff up for Friday. We won't just do MMA. It'll be everything. It'll be baseball mostly. But for the for the MMA people from last week, because remember last week they added a fight and then they we, the ownership was all screwed up because no one calculated those two extra fighters into the ownership. So I couldn't have the sheet ready. So you'll get that on Friday, hopefully. Hopefully if DraftKings adds the fighters, but, uh, but I will be back on Friday answering your DFS uh, strategy questions as always on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs>